is Damien O'Doherty on Center Maryland's The Lobby Pod. We have two special guests that we're talking with today about, uh, we're going to get beyond the acronyms of uh, the pharmacy world, of the, of the pharmaceutical world, of the medicine world, and we're going to dig in a little bit and talk about some very complicated issues the Maryland General Assembly has been wading through. Joining us today uh, is Scott Pace. He is the owner from Arkansas, one of my favorite places uh, on the planet. And he is really our resident expert here in Maryland for what pharmacy services administration organizations are. They're often called PSAOs. I know uh, this audience is steeped in healthcare, but we're going to try to break through that. Um, Scott was uh, gave some great presentation uh, to the legislature last month. They've got some news on, on where their initiative is. And he's joined by Bretta Grinsteiner. She's a vice president at Epic Pharmacy, uh, which is a PSAO that helps dozens of independent pharmacies. And if you are from, you know, Ellicott City, the Patapsco River Valley, like I am, or you lived in Taos and, 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 and you've ever been out to uh, those communities, like so many places across Maryland, there are local independent pharmacies that, you know, provide a much different experience uh, that, than many other of the pharmacy experiences folks uh, get in the state of Maryland. So Scott and Bretta, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having Thank you, us. Now, listen, this is uh, a cruel admission I have to make, but uh, uh, I hope you guys can help me through this conversation because I, I was hoping to get a little training last week. I was uh, granted the opportunity to talk to the, on this podcast, the deputy, uh, former deputy principal of the FDA and former state health secretary and current vice dean of the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health, Dr. Josh Arfstein. And we had this amazing conversation. He just crushed the whole thing. And at the end of the 30-minute episode, I looked down and realized I did not press record. So <laughs> I want to thank you, Scott and Brett, for, uh, for livening this conversation up. Uh, let's just start at the top. What, what, are, what are we talking about? I think I know what we're talking about when we say uh, independent, local pharmacies. What, what are we really talking about just in that? in that world, in that field? Well, sure. Uh, I'll jump in, Damien, on that. So independent pharmacies are kind of like you described. They're the locally owned mom and pop drug stores that um, you think of in your small towns, but they exist in small towns and big cities all across the country. There's about 20,000 of these locally owned pharmacies that compete um, in the uh, prescription drug marketplace uh, from coast to coast, north to south. Uh, and they provide, as you mentioned, just a different experience uh, uh, in, the, in the pharmacy area. Uh, people, you know, romanticize what happened in their pharmacies when they were growing up. Oh, they used to know, you know, the pharmacist and they would meet them after hours and do all the things that uh, they think about uh, happening in a small town. Well, that still exists in about 20,000 locations around the country, and they just provide a superior level of care. And they do it as small business owners, and it's really inspiring to see. Bretta, you, 
some some uh, vernacular here we all need a little help with. You know, we hear all the time in the last couple of years in the medicine business, you hear all the time about PBMs. Uh, and then you uh, you work with something, as we discussed uh, earlier in the introduction, something called a PSAO. And there's been all sorts of confusion surrounding uh, these organizations and their interplay with one another. I was hoping you could you could break us beyond the uh, the lexicon there and, and and inform us a little bit about what's going on in this space. Um, I appreciate appreciate the opportunity to do so. Um, yes, I work for a PSAO, which is a pharmacy services administrative organization. And basically what a PSAO does is we act as the intermediary to provide central contracting and operational services so pharmacies like Scott's um, can deliver that community pharmacy patient service. And there is a ton of confusion regarding PSAOs and PBMs, um, but we really play entirely different roles. Um, PSAOs provide voluntary administrative support to community pharmacies. Pharmacies play a low monthly fee for those uh, services. We don't influence drug pricing or impact what patients pay. We're not responsible for plan and formulary designs. We don't determine the provider reimbursements. So uh, I've actually been doing this a really long time. I've been working with uh, in this industry for more than 20 years. So I know both PBMs and pharmacy community um, providers, and uh, there's just so many complexities that they that they face. And that's that's the PSAO role is to work with on behalf of the independent pharmacies on those business-related administrative functions so that pharmacists, like I said, like Scott, can really do what they do, and that's deliver patient care in their communities. Scott, I'm going to get to you in a second because I want your experiential uh, feedback from your from your testimony before the Maryland General Assembly as, uh, as somebody from Arkansas. Um, but Bretta, could you talk a little bit about in Maryland? You know, I, I'm so used to the the sort of the beltway artery roads coming out uh, of downtown Baltimore into Baltimore County and Howard County and, and Anne Arundel County. And I'm used to thinking about all those, you know, famous uh, locally owned pharmacies on those arterial roads. But what's the real breakdown in, in your mind in Maryland as to um as to sort of the the independent pharmacies versus uh, you know the bigger conglomerates, what kind of breakdown would you see uh, in the state of Maryland? Um, so, to put it like like Scott said that there's twenty thousand independent pharmacies nationwide. Epic Pharmacy Network is one of the PSAOs, one of a handful, and we represent twelve hundred of those pharmacies nationwide, with one hundred and thirty four of them being within the state of Maryland. And just to break it down in Maryland, um, I believe there's about 400 traditional chain pharmacies and around another additional 300 that you'd find inside of like a grocery store or a Costco. And in total, there's 328 community pharmacies in the state of Maryland. So Maryland, for the size of it, is actually has a 
very large pharmacy concentration. So it doesn't surprise me that when you're driving down the road, you see both on um, within communities. And really, it's the small independent community pharmacies that um, PSAOs exist to help service. Scott, you are uh, in state circle or, or around uh, Annapolis, or maybe you are online. I don't know. Talk. I just before you get into the to the meat of your testimony and what what you were telling the uh, Maryland General Assembly, love just get a sense of how you interacted with with the assembly, um, how it uh, you know were you live, were you online, and just just I'd love to hear your. Arkansas perspective of uh, the oldest operating state house in America. Well, I was actually online. I wish I had had the chance to be in Annapolis in person, but I had uh, the opportunity to um, visit with our, our great sponsors, uh, Delegate Kelly and Senator Kramer um, over, over phone and Zoom uh, multiple times, as well as other members of the General Assembly uh, to help to help fix this bill that needed some um, some changes this session. But I found all of your legislators just to be incredibly gracious with their time, very interested in making sure they made good policy. And also, you know, a, a shout out to, to Commissioner uh, Brain at the uh, Maryland Insurance Department. Uh, she was uh, just a, a great a great person to work with to educate on PSAOs and the, the importance that they play to independent pharmacy owners like myself. Uh, to help get the policy right, so we—I was really impressed, Damien, with uh, with your your legislative leaders in Maryland. Well, you mentioned a special name because Bahrain and my family, the O'Darty family, the legal side, the, the folks that were trial lawyers, loved Ed Bahrain, who is uh, is our commissioner's uh, uh, father, and uh, was just an amazing, amazing Maryland lawyer. So, thank you for that nod. And then, talk to me a little bit about substance of your work in the lobby and, and, and in, the, in the hearings. Talk to me about what your message was uh, to the General Assembly. Yeah, well, my message was, you know, kind of as, as Bretta mentioned, what a PSAO does for me as an independent pharmacy owner, right? I mean, as I mentioned, we're small business owners who also are healthcare providers. And so for for us, we have to do everything from filling prescriptions to uh, counseling patients, but also doing bookkeeping and back office functions. And one of those back office functions is contracting with health plans and pharmacy benefit managers that Breda discussed earlier. So for me as a business owner, to be able to take some of those back office functions and to have a, an administrative, administrative entity like a PSAO be able to do those functions for me for a flat, predictable cost is very valuable in my business. And, and part of what I wanted to convey to the General Assembly was, please, uh, if you're going to have some sort of regulatory oversight on these entities, make sure it's common sense so that it doesn't interfere with their ability to, to do the work on my behalf. And it was, it was a good dialogue. And I think it was a great opportunity to really highlight the importance that PSAOs play in not only my business, but in 80% of the independent pharmacies uh, in Maryland and around the country, uh, they choose to voluntarily use these administrative services instead of having to do it all themselves. So, so that was really my message, Damien. Bretta, you, uh, you're representing Epic. They're helping independent pharmacies throughout Maryland uh, as their PSAO. 
um, with a brand like Epic, when you step into step into the room, you know, people people uh, are going to take you additionally serious. Did you have a chance to push back on any uh, misconceptions that that the legislators or people in the state circle or healthcare community may have been uh, asserting? Yeah, actually, that's a really great question. And I appreciate it because it wasn't just epic standing alone. Not only did we have um, Scott and other pharmacy, independent pharmacy owners help make the distinction and clear the air between the differences of PSAO and PBMs. Um, We also, as an industry, PSAOs came together through the organization um, HDA, who arranged this podcast and gave us a voice at the table when speaking with the Senator Kramer and Delegate Kelly and other members. So basically, yes, um, we had a ton of time um, in working with people on the ground through various means of communication to do exactly what Scott said, and that is draw a clear comparison and differentiate the services that PSAOs offer to independent pharmacies versus what PBMs um, play. And PBMs do play a big role in the market. They're just very different in what we do, which Scott outlined. Can you talk a little bit about you? You uh, you gave you opened the door on the lobby to uh, talk about my friends and uh, and other professionals in the space. We created this podcast because during the the pandemic, we just felt like there wasn't there weren't many places for people in the government affairs community to uh, to engage and talk and you know, you guys have achieved a big success, right? I mean, the legislation's passed now, things uh, are clarified. Uh, we got more transparency. Talk about your team there at HDA. And I also, uh, am I right? You got the uh, old line team there, old line government affairs with uh, Tim Brow and American Joe. And am I getting that right? Yeah, you got the team right, Damien. <laughs> we've, we've had a a great team. I mean, Bretta and her team at Epic being on the ground in Maryland have just been amazing and we've appreciated them so very much, but you're right. Uh, Tim and Sherry and American Joe at Old Line, uh, Derek at Old Line have, have been really great and helpful. And of course the, the HDA team, uh, Kelly Memphis, who has been our, our Maryland, uh, point of contact, uh, came into a new role and has just really excelled. And, and uh, she's led by a gentleman named Matt DiLoretto, uh, who's the senior VP of, uh, of state government affairs for HDA. They've just really done a great job at not just bringing their members together, but they've done a good job of bringing outside stakeholders together uh, to really solve this issue for community pharmacies. And it's been, it's been really uh, enjoyable to be a part of. Bretta, this is your chance to talk about uh, your favorite consultants. That's what you know. As a consultant myself, I like to I like to let this uh, breathe a little bit on the podcast. You got you got anything to add? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a lot to add. Being I mentioned that I've been in this industry for more than 20 years, but I've largely been on the payer side of the house. So coming on to represent independent pharmacies through a PSAO, um, I very much underestimated the true complexities that um, pharmacies and the organizations representing these pharmacies face every day. Without um, the HDA really understanding the issues at hand, being able 
able to decipher what to fight for and what to um, back is incredible, has been incredibly important. And not only have they represented Epic and independent, our independent pharmacies, they really across the industry. And I, it's so refreshing to see um, an organization be able to do that in such a crazy and competitive and ever-changing space like healthcare and specifically pharmacies. So um, I do believe it is with the coming together of all of those parties that we were able to effectively have these conversations and present the outcome that benefits all parties um, to get to where we are today because of those guys. So I am blown away by the talent and expertise of HDA and Scott and others that we've been able to work with. Well, I'm stoked that uh, they kept the acronym straightforward. So HDA, Healthcare Distribution Alliance, like that makes sense to everybody. We get it now, right? Healthcare Distribution Alliance, that's the uh, HDA. As folks um, uh, that are at the forefront of this conversation, talk to me a little bit about what you uh, Scott and Bretta, in your own roles, what do you see as the future of independent pharmacies and what do you see as the future of PSAOs? Well, I'll answer the question about the future of independent pharmacies. You know, I, as, as you mentioned, I own a, an independent pharmacy in Arkansas and every day is a challenge from, you know, operating in the current marketplace. Uh, Bretta talked about some of those challenges with the pharmacy benefit manager community and and dealing with reimbursements and access to patients. Those are things we're going to continue to have to fight every day. But one of the things I love about independent pharmacy and why I still think there's a bright future there is that independent pharmacists are the closest to the ground for the patients of anybody. Not only do they see them more times a year than, than uh, any other healthcare provider, but those independent owners have the ability to change on the fly. So when they recognize the need that existed during COVID, for example, to step up and do COVID testing or to operationalize the COVID vaccines quickly, it was the independent pharmacies around Maryland and around the country that stepped up first to uh, help take care of patients when they need the most, need it needed the most. And so think about, yeah, uh, from my perspective, yeah, think about that. Yeah. Think of just to think about our first visit to the pharmacy in the pandemic and think about like what we were dressed like, how we prepared to go into that pharmacy and think about all you folks being brave enough to be there to, to services. I mean, just, you know, thank you for that. Yeah, no, and thanks for saying that. I think there there are just tens of thousands of my colleagues around the country who have spent, you know, countless hours over the last uh, year and a half really stepping up and doing what independent pharmacists do best, and that's take care of the people in their community. Um, you know, they're not just the people that sponsor local baseball teams. They're the people that are there before the pharmacy opens and after it closes, delivering a prescription to your house and truly caring about um, you and your family. It's not just a transaction at a retail counter to them. It's really part of part of your healthcare team. And uh, we take it personally. Uh, and uh, I think the, the pharmacy owners that continue to operate in that fashion are going to find longevity. I'll be cha- although challenging in terms of uh, how to op- keep it operational from a business perspective. Um, uh, they're going to serve patients better than anybody else. And I'm, I'm optimistic for the future because of that. 
Bretta, your turn to talk about the future. Uh, I love the future. Um, uh, <laughs> um, honestly, in a PSAO world's future, it's first and foremost is we need to continue to deliver the administrative and back-end services that enable Scott and thousands of pharmacy owners like him to do the business that they're doing in their communities. Uh, on top of that, though, with such a lens on the cost of healthcare, prescriptions, everything happening at at the federal level, within states, Maryland and others, I also see the future with PSAOs um, having a voice in that seat to um, stay on top of, so be proactive as well as reactive to legislation that is being proposed and or has passed that impacts what an independent pharmacy can do and how they can conduct their business. So it's getting more and more complex, which I find fascinating. It's challenging, but where challenges are, there's also a ton of opportunity. So uh, as long as we continue to deliver the services that the pharmacies need um, to enable their businesses, and then we step up and be that voice for independent pharmacies at the local, state, and federal level, I, I think that the future looks can, can be pretty bright. She's Bretta Grinsteiner from Epic Pharmacy. We also heard from Scott Pace. Uh, he is from Arkansas and uh, really our resident expert this year in the Maryland General Assembly on PSAO's Pharmacy Services Administration Organization. They're coming at us from the Healthcare Distribution Alliance, the HDA. Can't thank you all enough for joining us today on the Lobby Pod. We appreciate you so much, Damian. Thanks for uh investing the time and helping your listeners understand uh, PSAOs and allowing us to say thanks to uh, Delia Kelly and Senator Kramers and Commissioner Brain for uh, their, their efforts in helping to, uh, to get this bill done this year. And I second all of those thanks that Scott said. So much appreciate your time today. Well, Scott, you're not going to get away that <laughs> 